0: Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is Netflix Roulette. Hello, everybody. I'm Brett Stewart. Joining me on this fine evening, David Luzader, how are you? Uh, I'm doing
1: well, at least I think I'm doing well. Uh, you see, I'm currently in a story that's being written by Nicole, but don't worry, Brett. At the same time, I am drawing a comic that's about you. Uh, so, did, but you're also directing a movie about Nicole. So, who created who in what scenario, and who's creating whose joy? And does anything really matter? Also, the peyote's wearing off, and that's a real problem.
0: <laughs> oh boy, so many questions. So many questions. An hour. In thirty-three minutes, never really jam packed quite as many questions as I have yeah. after watching this movie. Uh Nicole Davis, how are you?
2: Um good. Good. Good could be <laughs> worse, which is pretty much what I have to say about this movie. And I love the
0: tepid response of how are you, depending on the movie we watched. <laughs> yeah, I'm it you- really is.
2: Ice in my scotch. I am not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I love the the
1: listeners can't see this, but Nicole looks like a Russian grandmother tonight. Like she's
2: gonna... <laughs> 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 uh, where's
0: my Chihuahua?
2: My yeah,
1: where's
0: where's the real Russian grandmother? Yeah, where is Ray, my Chihuahua, the babushka of the of the polar <laughs> vortex,
2: babushka dog?
0: I refer you to my Twitter. I am Brett Stewart to learn all about that. Anyway, uh, this week is Netflix Roulette, which is the opportunity for us to spin the wheel on Netflix and pick a random film on the Netflix catalog. So naturally, it is on Netflix if you want to go ahead and watch along with us. And usually these films tend to stay on Netflix because we don't ever really get the ones (laughs) that people care about. So (laughs) we got good fellas. We got good fellas. That's a good point. But we got this movie, too. But before we get into this movie, I do want to announce next week's Theme That is uh, future classics. One host has the opportunity to pick a film that has come out in the last decade. So we are now on 2009 and onward and argue whether or not they believe it's a future classic. Now that is always right. It is my pick. Yeah. And that has always been, uh, you know, I think this is a future classic of cinema or I think this is a future classic of X, Y and Z. And, And now I don't know where this movie I've picked lands. I think it's going to be a classic in the sense that it is incredibly underrated for the director that made it. We don't talk enough about it. We talk about all of his other pieces of work, and I think it's beautifully, beautifully, beautifully shot, really imaginative and fun with its plot. And I think that in the grand scheme of horrory, thrillery, not horror movies, (laughs) I think it'll be um, a classic. We are going to watch Guillermo del Toro's 2015 movie, Crimson Peak. Oh, okay. Have either of you seen this? Yes. Uh, Sorry, my internet just cut off for a second. What movie? We are watching (laughs) Crimson Peak, Guillermo del Toro's 2015 movie.
1: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, Okay, cool. Let me just say that uh, you are not the only person who... Well, Oh, no, no. Guillermo del Toro didn't direct the movie. Anyway, the movie I'm... uh, picking for future classics next time, was heavily endorsed by Gamble Del Toro. I,
0: mm, okay. Yeah, David, I have, you, have you seen this movie?
1: I have not seen this movie. I've been meaning to for a very long time. All right. It's got some
0: seductive Hiddleston in it. Okay, so, well, um, um, so, so, so it has some Hiddleston in it. Like, you it's don't that have to, Hiddleston.
1: It's seductive Hiddleston. That is, that is Tom Hiddleston.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a weird movie, but I love it. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. So that's what we're going to watch next week. That came out in 2015 so it is eligible for that category our movie this week also came out in 2015 it's called zoom not to be confused with a tim allen movie from 2006 uh, everyone i've yes. talked to about this thought that we were watching that which frankly but, might have been preferable i don't know a show from uh, public television. i don't
1: i don't know if, <laughs> maybe not well, i don't
0: know i don't want to no. don't know tim allen in three seemingly separate but ultimately interlinked storylines a comic book artist slash worker in a sex doll factory. A model slash novelist and a film director slash unpredictable penis owner are changing one another's lives without realizing it. The director, Edward, creates a film that features Michelle, an aspiring novelist who abandons her former life as a model. Michelle pens a novel that tells the tale of Emma, who works at a sex doll factory and draws a comic about her dream man, Edward, a cocky director. If that uh, sounds confusing, that's because it kind of is. All we've three barely, of the we've barely told, begun. Yeah, all three <laughs> of these stories are told in tandem with one another, one animated, two live action, and you don't know the inception of any of them, really. They all just go in this endless loop of being ridden by each other.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I have, I have a lot to say about the end of this movie and whether or not it should have ended the way that it did, but I don't want to jump into that just yet. Um, because I will not leave that topic once it begins. <laughs>
2: All right. I, I would like to posit a hypothesis. Okay. That the originating point is Edward, because he had to start making the movie at some point, and he had to write the movie, so he created Michelle, who creates Emma. And Emma writes a comic about him, but is she necessarily his creator, or is she just, is he just her muse?
1: But, uh, but Emma has power over him and his physical features. True, and she is the first person that we we encounter in the movie. True, her reality is already in motion.
0: Ah, oh, see, we're already we're already going right. down this path. <laughs> yeah, and that logic though is is difficult, right? Because then you could also say you could say that you know Emma creates Edward, which allows Edward to create Michelle, which allows Michelle to create Emma and so on and so forth. Like you could actually probably take that logic and apply it to any of the three.
2: No, this movie, as I said before, is way up its own butt.
0: Oh, it's yeah. so
2: far up its own ass.
1: So, oh man. I may I think I said that to my roommate uh while because she's like kind of kind of kept coming in and out of the movie and like watching a few minutes of it, which is probably the worst way to try to experience this movie. Yeah. And I was like, I just the whole time I'm like, this movie is so has such a
0: high opinion of itself. It really yeah. does. And and there's so much ass too, just separating that. It's far up its own ass, and there's a lot of other ass there's so much mostly but mostly mostly latex
1: either either yeah either uh, latex or cartoon which makes it weirder (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't make it better in your mind yes yeah this this is a like this is a movie that i i didn't know what it was trying to say it was like, what was it trying to say that sex and creativity are linked? Because those are sex is a very big part of all three of these stories, which are also, also about, but not really about creativity. But they're all creative people. It was just I didn't know what this movie was trying to tell me. <laughs> Much like the people watching Edwards' film, uh, yeah, which seemed like a very fine indie film for the record. Um, it's just yeah. That, yeah. What, what, what is it? What are we trying to do here?
0: Yeah, it's entirely unclear, so much to the point that once they start, you know, bringing Edward and Michelle storylines together. So Edward, the director, and I'm going to keep repeating these so our audience can try to follow along. Uh, Edward, the director, and Michelle, the woman who is writing a book that he, is ri- that he has written his movie about. She's also a model. Um, when those kind of converge is when the movie thinks it's way smarter than it is and starts poking fun at itself. Where it's like, oh, look, his artistic musings aren't going to be digested by anybody commercially. So now stereotypical assistant director has to come in and reshoot his entire movie while he has an existential crisis about his penis. Like also Jason Priestley's here. Right. right. Uh,
2: No, my my favorite characters in this movie should not have been the assistant director and the head of the studio. right?
1: (laughs) Well, they yeah they are by far the most interesting of the characters. I was really liking because I like the actor so much. um, uh, I can't remember the character's name. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Bob, the guy played by Tyler uh,
2: Labine.
1: Tyler Labine, which if if anybody anybody listening to my voice right now has not seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil, uh, you are doing yourself
2: shame on you. Yeah,
1: you're doing yourself a disservice. Go see Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Brett, have you seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil?
0: No, I haven't. But now oh. that now that I'm looking at his at his page, I'm understanding. I'm understanding where I recognized him from. Was you recognized him from movies?
1: Oh yeah, no, he's he's been around in a lot. But the movie for me that will it will always be. Oh hey, it is it is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, I'm not remembering the character's name or Dale, but oh, that was right. so good.
2: Oh, he was also in the unfortunately short-lived series Reaper.
1: Oh yes, oh Reaper was so uh, A good. character
2: named Sock,
1: oh, <laughs> which Reaper I absolutely was, love. Reaper was such a great movie.
0: Oh, he was the stoner in the Weremonster Monster episode in a in X Files. I digress. Yeah, um, it's it's a bizarre cast because then you also have um Gail Garcia Bernal in there, who I just couldn't wrap my head around as a character because listening to Edward in this movie talk, I'm like, oh, it's Mozart and the Jungle guy.
1: Like his character
0: had so little development as a character that I just kept thinking him of him as the Mozart in the jungle guy. His character was tied exclusively to his penis. And (laughs) we should talk about that. I feel like we're spending too much time talking about this man's penis without also explaining why it's relevant.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So uh, he apparently has a very nice penis and uh, (laughs) he is, he's drawn by Emma who decides to get a boob job for, contrived reasons, um, is unhappy with her boob job, so she takes her takes her frustrations out on Edward who is in her comic by taking away Edward's penis and making it a micropenis. And uh, that is the only defining feature of his character for the rest of the movie.
0: And what really blows my mind then is that once everything starts going wrong for Emma and Bob says to her, this is all just karma. You, you get from the universe what you put into it. Her response is like, Oh, yeah, that comic where I made his penis small. I really messed up that comic's life. Once I fix that, everything will be okay.
1: Yeah, that's not even like... That's like we're beginning to scratch the surface.
0: Oh Goodness gracious. Yeah, let's actually... Insanity. Let's actually delve into some of our discussion topics here. We haven't even touched them. Uh, which of the three stories do you find the most interesting?
1: Uh, yeah, so, okay... So, <sighs> I mean this movie surprisingly too short for what it's trying to accomplish. Yes,
2: I would agree with uh,
1: that. Because it doesn't it doesn't doesn't get have enough time to really do what it, I think it's trying to do here. But you know of these three storylines if you had to take one out and see it fleshed out and do a whole movie, which one would it be? And we all know it's not going to be the Edward one because it's uh, I mean come on. Uh, I will say for me, it might. I'm actually kind of torn between. I I I'm curious about the the indie movie about the the model who abandons her life to go try to write a novel. But I think the madcap dark comedy that is the whole uh, people in a sex factory, sex doll factory. Not just a sex factory, They make sex all day. Uh, <laughs> a sex doll factory trying to move a bunch of cocaine inside one of the dolls is that that could be really funny on its own for an hour and a half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would I would lean that way myself, I think. Yeah, I did find the model one interesting, but I I feel like that's something that's a that's an indie movie that I've seen before.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Um, And then Edward's story, that's that's a Hollywood movie that I've seen before about 50 <laughs> times about a director who's tired of making commercial stuff and now wants to make art. People don't understand his art and that's why they think his movie's bad so hmm.
0: yeah yeah you yeah, know i agree with both of you i think the movie i'd want to see an hour and a half of is you know the story of emma and bob trying to move this cocaine that they accidentally come along inside of sex dolls and i also just really like Alison pill um I, you know from scott pilgrim and i really really loved her in uh the newsroom i think she's a great actress oh yeah Alison so, Pill's great wearing yeah. giant Mister? wearing giant fake boobs the entire oh my god movie. and and the like body to to boob ratio is it's uncomfortable to watch. It's it's so it's like it's oh, like God. I t- I turn to my girlfriend. I'm like, can you actually do that? Just because it's like so not proportional to the rest of her to an extreme degree it is you, painful to watch
2: yes you can but it takes a long time and progressively larger like inflatable things to uh, make right. your skin stretch out enough yeah
1: you can't them. you can't just do that
2: you can't oh, just okay. pop pain <laughs> for the
1: rest of your life though it's
0: canada who knows what goes on up there <laughs> yeah that's also another their thing healthcare is is they,
2: free they yeah. they probably just take whatever you give them
0: yeah. Right, there's a whole subplot of this movie about trying to you know smuggle drugs over the border, of the buffalo. Wait,
1: okay, but yeah, but yeah. The thing is, when the guy comes comes in, was like, oh I crossed God, the that guy, the oh. mustache guy. Uh, Michael, yeah, I, I Michael wrote Michael. down,
2: looks like Ethan Hawk covered in latex.
1: Yes, <laughs> I had such a hard time being like that, not saying that that was Ethan Hawk. Uh, but when when discount Ethan Hawk walks in, it's like, I just came in here from over the border, I was like, wait, where is this movie taking
0: place? Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I it's, thought it was Southern California at first, but no, he means the Canadian border.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's really peculiar. And to go briefly back to the most interesting storyline, I also think that the model storyline has potential, particularly. I love when the assistant director takes over the movie for Edward to make it more digestible and more commercial. And he just starts adding like, this is one of the few quirks of the movie that did work for me when, uh, you know, the model's boyfriend comes and finds her because he's now written into the story to make the story more interesting. She's in Brazil writing her novel and he sits down with her and says, you know, I'm here to bring you home. And then all of a sudden it turns into this completely idiotic 15 minutes of I'm bringing you home because there are tropical terrorists who are going to kill you. And then she somehow like, there's this weird like product placement for Fiat And then she takes her Fiat and then drives for a while until he comes down in a helicopter, more or less chloroforms her. I know chloroform doesn't actually do that, but whatever Yeah, yeah, he
1: chloroforms her.
0: Yeah. And that I don't want to get too close to the end of the movie, but that kind of worked for me because it was poking fun at the absurd, the absurdity of like the the studio wants this to be a blockbuster, not your artistic. There's you know, also,
1: yeah there's also some pretty aggressive uh product placement of dan and yogurt i don't know if anyone else caught yeah. that <laughs>
0: what was that
1: yeah dan well dan and helped make the film like their their logo came on at the beginning yes. so many like so many companies many gave this movie money like the opening credits were like uh hey everybody made this movie happen apparently they've all got stakes in it
0: um Yeah. And I'm just wondering, think from a marketing perspective, um, who had to sit down in that meeting and be like, well, we could buy some radio spots or maybe shoot a commercial or there's this movie called Zoom. Oh, no, 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 no. The
1: way the way no, the way this happens is the movies go to the studios and say, here's our movie. Here's like we have, you know, will you give us money and we'll have our character eat some yogurt, drive up in a Fiat blah blah blah
0: oh the fiat's my favorite too because she's searching for her keys at this bar and then all of a sudden her lesbian lover like opens up the drawer and there's just like gleaming fiat logo on the uh, yeah well and the they, cart keys and, and they call that door. one
1: out too because they mentioned like oh you know fiat is paying for the reshoots or something the, the,
0: <laughs> the ways this movie
1: is meta I how do they i feel like they think that justifies things and it's it doesn't
0: yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't justify how smart he thinks it is, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, there's like, like, like when the, there's that thing about where they're they're criticizing him, uh, uh, Edward, the the penis director. Uh, they're criticizing him for how like the, the the whole scene about her seeing her parents conceive her on the beach, and like, what is that? You're so up your own ass about it, blah blah blah. But that's exactly what this movie is. And then like the thing at the end when the drawings are. Uh, are are smeared and they're having the discussion. I know, I think Nicole put this topic in in our discussions. Uh, What is that? You call that an ending? Like it's trying to be clever being like, how confusing and weird was
0: that? Ha ha. Right guys. That doesn't make it better.
2: No, it does not.
0: (laughs) You're right. Because it does, you know, that's a quote from the movie. You know, you call that an ending because when Edward shows the studio head, his first draft of this incredibly artsy movie that's then when it gets into the hands of this assistant director that goes and actions it up and this movie in itself has we're you know other discussion topics before we hit the ending yeah. uh i'm not gonna not gonna let this di- deride too quickly um let's talk about the lunatic comic artist that inks each panel as they pencil it <laughs>
1: and the insane novelist who's writing a novel in present tense.
0: Yeah, this is someone who hasn't done either of those things, right? Like no, and no. didn't talk to anybody who did either of those things. In
1: pencil in a relatively
2: and, small notebook. She'd have to have like yes, two long books is her to write book? a novel. It must be like 7
0: pages typed. Like
1: <sighs> Yeah. Well yeah, and like in the inking too, like the all, like with how quickly they're inking and col- she's inking and coloring the comic that takes so there's a guy that I follow on uh, on Facebook, Instagram and stuff who posts, his, like, he calls it his daily grind and it's just you know, it's how much he, it, how long it takes him to draw one panel of a comic and he has to draw it and erase and redraw and fix the details and get the portions just right but apparently Alison Pill in this movie is an amazing prolific comic artist who <laughs> could make decent money being a comic book artist with how
0: fast she works. And can we also talk about the the model that is the aspiring novelist? She there's this in, arguably one of the most pretentious scenes in the movie, and it's even more pretentious because it's trying to be pretentious, which somehow made it even more pretentious. Um, when the model is at the aquarium, um, just doing as you do at an aquarium, thinking about life in front of the jellyfish tank, and meets a um, a publisher who she then has a jaunt through the aquarium. Only speaking, really in metaphors, and it made me want to punch my TV. Oh, I zoned and, out so hard on that part, and it's so long; it's like five minutes, and it drones, he's and it goes big. nowhere. The only purpose of it is to show that somebody cares about what she's doing, so she can blow up at her boyfriend, who, albeit, is a complete jerk. Let's yeah, Jason Priestley. Oh. We know.
2: Yeah, he's like, Oh, oh. I hate him so much. I mean, you're supposed yeah. to hate him. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that good on Jason Priestley good. because he made him like almost instantly well, hateable. Cause he's like negging on his girlfriend all the time and saying, you know, things like look at all the things I do for you and you want to, you know, give up this life. You have to do almost nothing. You just go model and you, you're not going to write a book. Come on. right? Who's Your brain's
0: half empty. Oh, on oh, yeah. the scene of her modeling, when the oh, <laughs> the model, the photographer. the photographer is just telling her to look more empty. You know, look like every woman, but no woman, but every woman. All
1: oh, happens. guess what? No, no, no! Photographer
0: talks like that, but that's a stereotype, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, oh, I was getting t- Neon t- Demon vibes for it's a it's solid so five minutes.
1: On the nose. Oh god, Neon
0: Demon. The, I rue the day we do that movie for this podcast. Oh, my god. Don't even, don't even get me started. Yeah, it's just it's not her. The whole beginning of her storyline is not good. And I think that brings me into how long does this movie go before introducing you to the point of the Brazilian modelist model modelist? <laughs> um, know, that makes sense. She's a model novelist, a modelist, She's a modelist. Uh, how long does it go before it's so stupid now you just don't care? Because. It introduces fairly quickly that Emma is drawing Edward, but it doesn't introduce for quite some time Michelle's hand in this as both Edward's subject of his film and the creator of Emma. And I think that is a disservice to her plot because it just makes her plot feel like this awkward side gig that's happening while the other two are in tandem with one another, and I just didn't understand it for like half the movie.
2: Oh, no, I just assumed that she was she was the third creative leg of this step stool of a movie you know she, right. <laughs> so she was the 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 third angle of this I just couldn't it took me it took me a little bit to try to figure out how she was going to fit in
0: and I think that it takes so long just kind of ruins it like if you're gonna run three stories in tandem with one another and you and the whole point of it is you don't know which is the origin then do that at the beginning. Don't just make a movie about a model, like running off to Brazil to write her book and then not touch on that until halfway through the movie. It well, was very, yeah, very
1: yeah, weird. Thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause it, it is like, we're already invested in these two storylines that are apparently happening. And this third one just starts up out of nowhere. It's like, okay, wait, what are we, what are we doing here? What's, what's the, what's the point of this? Is, are are they all going to get together and bang? Like what's happening? Cause that seems to, <laughs> I don't and
2: know. I that would, would watch and that, that. that. That would, would be, be on
0: brand for this movie, though, with the amount of copious sex in this movie. So tell it totally would
2: be sex. on brand. Does that this get
0: movie? old in this movie? Just the the like we have to throw sex into everything. It's it's very unsexy sex. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, in, yeah. in a lot of
1: ways.
2: Yeah. yeah, like the director sex is almost sexy, except it's almost always in a bathroom stall and what's
0: going on there. I or,
2: cannot imagine a place I would less want to have sex than a bathroom stall. Uh,
0: the back of With the Volkswagen? Was getting a phone call from I don't her know, I'm executive sure executive assistant.
1: Well to the to the to the few people who got my reference out there, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh you
2: mean the little well in the back of the Volkswagen. You don't mean the actual seat I got you.
1: yeah see I'm not even gonna tell you guys what that's from. I'm gonna whatever. You don't deserve it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's so copious. And I and I think it's funny in the context of the people who work in the sex doll factory. Like that makes yes, sense to yeah. me. That's funny. I don't think it's fun in the other two storylines. It just gets bo- it makes Edward's character even more shallow and boring.
2: Well, the model. Yeah, I think I like is sex okay. in the heat. So I don't know. Sorry, go ahead, David.
1: Uh, the two people having sex in the sex doll factory. Uh, apparently he had never took his shirt off at any point. In any of that? He's like covered in tattoos. We come to find out.
0: Well, he's only covered in tattoos once that's written into the story, which is after they've had sex.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting into the Ouroboros crap,
0: right? Yeah. So, so for the listeners, you know, I, decisions that are made by the person affecting the other person's life, Apparently start happening in real time, which includes like the shrinking of Edward's penis and the, the, the tattoos being added on Bob. So he, instead of being this, um, this kind of portly, boring, like, I don't know what to do with all this cocaine guy. He's like, I've been in the pen. I know a guy, uh, which then apparently means he grows like four tattoos uh, and that. Sure. Sure, guys. Why God, not? I think Michelle. Is this a first think, draft? That that's a question from David.
1: I think Michelle's novel might be uh might be full of some plot holes. Yeah, I, that, watching this movie as soon as it ended, I was like, "Oh, this is a first draft. Like, this is somebody wrote one version, run one draft of the script, and they filmed that."
0: Yeah, and you can tell like there was some some good intentions, right? Like, especially toward really good ideas in here especially toward the beginning of the movie. And I know this is overplayed, but, but there is like several moments in this movie that are very sad and you feel really bad for Emma because she is, she's surrounded by a very toxic environment when it comes to your own self-esteem, because all day long she's building male fantasies and at home, of course, that she's like looking at photos of, of the model actually, you know, on her computer um and trying to mimic the photos and then she wants to get her you know her breasts increased and augmented and it's like you feel really bad for her because of course this is what her mind might go to and in that kind of situation that kind of workplace and you feel bad for her
2: well i i feel bad for her because she's having sex with a guy who's i I wrote a note to myself it's like oh good there's nothing a small breasted woman loves more than being told her breasts are non-threatening and
0: oh my god they're his friends they were,
2: yeah they're his friends and essentially that if they were bigger her entire personality would be different and she wouldn't want to have sex with him with the the same people that she ordinarily would be attracted to because bigger boobs will instantly make her shallow
1: and tyler the bean's not a bad looking guy
2: he's not no, he's-, he's not a bad looking guy he's cute
1: yeah, yeah, and Allison Pill is a, is a very attractive woman. It's like, it's just, yeah. And I, I was like, oh, are we doing kind of a rom com thing where it's like, oh, he said the, the dumb thing and she's going to be mad about that. And then, oh, no, she's getting gigantic breasts.
2: Yeah, and she's yeah. dorky looking because she has these giant She has
1: glasses, yeah. She's yeah. got glasses, guys. But don't worry, instead of taking them off, they, taking the glasses off and that turning her hot, she gets comically large <laughs>
2: breasts. <laughs> Oh, those were so painful just to look at.
1: Just to yeah. look at.
0: I and and it's
2: like. Stuck on her, but I, oh, God, just it, try imagining it for even half a second was extremely painful.
0: Yeah. See, that's how I felt about the electric penis, which I'm glad David <laughs> put in our docket. Oh. Um, So so when when it's Emma
2: had like a lack of penises. Yeah. So yeah.
0: when Emma does not uh, draw back edwards uh large large penis uh, he resorts to much more dire methods which is going to a sex store place um
1: well he tries other things uh penis enlarging pump he yeah, oh yeah starts, my god like looking at the box. pills and stuff
0: oh my god i said way too many measuring scenes so much ruler yeah. um and he goes and gets this thing that like it's a prosthetic that you can slip on, and it apparently looks so good that no one notices it's a prosthetic or like where it begins and ends. And
1: like, yeah. Oh. oh, that is my number one question: How they match skin tone on first glance? They match. It just automatically stays on. It uh, apparently, apparently, because it doesn't strap around his waist or anything. It clamps onto him. Right. Uh, so it doesn't it's, come David, off.
0: It's probably it's probably just pink along with everything else apparently in that universe, right? His hair just randomly turns pink. His eyes just turn pink.
1: Which which are interesting devices in the story that d- don't really pay off because so much other stuff is a mess. But you'll
2: yeah. never find out.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, nobody will ever know this is not your penis. Everybody's gonna know the second they look at it that it's not your penis. Does it just stay
0: erect the entire time? <laughs> 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 apparently, judging by the him in swim trunks going to the beach.
1: Why does he wear it swimming?
2: It's so dumb. <laughs> and it's so dumb. There are electronics in there.
0: And now, now, he says it's when he calls the manufacturer. By the way, I love that this movie, I will give this movie this. It has an animated scene of a man calling the customer service helpline of a fake penis manufacturer. And that is something you just don't see every day, especially because he does the whole song and dance. He like asks for managers and gets transferred to like three different people and gets told it's built in China, so it can't be overnighted to him. Oh, he
2: so probably terrible! Spent a thousand bucks on that penis quality sex toys. funny well,
0: he says what well, he says. It costs like a, a car, like a new, or something. yeah, it's like a new car. Like I think even more than that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he jumps in the in the ocean and then calls the manufacturer and turns out it's waterproof but only in fresh water. Which also doesn't make sense. No.
2: <laughs> no, the shower, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just it's just having a character Why? whose entire identity is around
0: their penis is so boring. The entire movie I was the 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 Ryan reynolds in in like whatever whatever oh, like the medical the show he was in the but why gif but
1: why? <laughs> just like, well, but it's but like why are you trying to make a commentary on the male ego but not really like i i, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish but aside from somebody who was like what if his penis guys 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 guys, guys i just had <laughs> so much cocaine listen to me listen to me what if what if she drew his penis away oh my god that is so good that is so good <laughs> Let's go to a strip club. Like that's what happened uh, <laughs> when they were discussing writing that scene. What and in your life
2: if your penis was suddenly two inches long.
1: Right, right, what the, oh man, this whatever they wrote down in that instant while they were blazed on cocaine uh, was, was what they wrote into that movie.
0: And speaking of cocaine, there is a subplot of uh, you know, cocaine accidentally gets mailed to Emma as part of. Uh, michelle who is creating emma she's trying to figure out a way to have emma make lots of money and it's too contrived to have her win the lottery so let's have her accidentally get mailed cocaine that's meant for her drug dealer neighbor and she gets it and her and bob try to move it yeah they try to move it and uh it brings us to a very uncomfortable scene with the man who bought the sex doll that they stuffed with cocaine and originally they were planning on moving it over the border by delivering it to him but of course he shows up and brings it home on its own which means they then have to go break into his home and um, get his sex doll back so they can get all of the cocaine that they've pushed in every orifice of the sex doll mom this I'm is guessing, not what you're gonna to want to watch i'm uh, guessing
1: i'm guessing the uh nicole you said what may be the most horrifying scene we have ever watched for this podcast <laughs> yeah. was the guy romancing the sex doll no then, oh no
2: it was before that it was them stuffing the oh stuffing
1: it when they pull stuff. when they yank the tongue out
2: <laughs> when they yank out her tongue off her face and then jam all these baggies down her throat.
0: <laughs> you might, as they're doing that, it's using, it's playing like the uh, the artificial voice thing that they stick into it. So it's like, oh, yes, daddy, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Words
1: I didn't want to hear Brett ever say.
2: <laughs> it's got these, but it's got teeth. So they're opening this mouth with teeth. Why does it have teeth? Yanking the tongue out of it just... Why does
1: it have teeth? Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> it it's teeth? so. It's just so disturbing
1: looking.
0: And it has to it's look though just like his wife disturbing. who died? Did she die? No. No, his, no she uh, left him.
1: She left him for like the pool boy or some
0: oh no, right, right. She left him the
1: cliche Joe
2: Fitness trainer, which is why later on he's upset at the other fitness trainer.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, he uh he really he really tries to romance that doll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what, what the weirdest thing about it to me is that he's he's like bantering. With the doll, with things that he knows his no now ex wife apparently would yell at him for. That was that was legit my favorite part of the <laughs> movie is when he's having this
1: full blown conversation about champagne and whether or not he chilled it. With like this man is so <laughs> insane and depressed about his ex wife leaving him that it's like he needs to recreate his own being miserable. <laughs> How does he not even see the cocaine
2: mean to him?
1: Yeah, how does he not see that? Well, because he hasn't... No, but it's in her mouth,
0: and you can see it sticking out when he's trying to kiss her. Look, man. You're you're looking for for logic in the wrong movie. (laughs) (laughs) That I am. That I am. Yeah, no, that was a pretty horrifying scene. I don't know if it's... Either of those scenes, I don't know if they're the most horrifying thing I've ever seen for this podcast as a whole. I'm trying to think of anything that was more horrifying <laughs> i don't know i take the cake
2: i'm having trouble thinking of one
0: <laughs> here i'll do some folly work right you can hear my mechanical keyboard while i go to our own <laughs> website knackety, knackety, knackety. um yeah i don't know that was that was that was pretty disturbing yeah. that was pretty disturbing uh yeah so let's let's also talk about oh, oh no sorry, i remembered
1: one i remembered one uh the entire emoji movie was the most horrifying <laughs> scene I've watched for this
0: podcast. That's right, a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty list good list one. List yeah, anyway.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, there's some really, really cringeworthy, uncomfortable stuff in episode 36, Ingrid Goes West. Like, there's some, there's some there's, deeply there's concerning... There's cringey,
2: and there's, like, horror movie horror. Movie. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was, like, horror movie horrifying, watching them pull off the doll's face and yank the
0: tongue mm. out. Though we did also watch Raw. And the Midnight Me Train. There's some pretty horrific things in the Midnight Me Train. Yeah, but I I get where Nicole's coming from, from a movie where you didn't expect (laughs) it. You didn't expect they were going to be
1: yanking a tongue out of a sex doll's mouth. Movie
0: go-round at tiltingwindmillstudios.com. Which movie have we watched scarred you the most?
1: The things you say in podcasts that you never expect to say, like, well, to Nicole's credit, uh, we didn't expect (laughs) to see them yank out a sex doll's tongue.
0: (laughs) Let's (laughs) talk about the sex dolls. Nicole put a totally... Fun yeah, I mean
1: they're
2: just—they're just human enough for it to be disturbing, but also just uncanny valley enough to also be disturbing in a different way.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like
2: several varieties of disturbing simultaneously.
0: Oh, I don't know how far I want to go down this rabbit hole of realistic <laughs> love, sex dolls. I love when the uh, when the the mustache man, the man that wants a sex doll of his ex wife, shows up and is like. Like making creepy faces at stuff, and then like slapping artificial boobs and stuff like really hard, um, yeah. just to make sure it can withstand the kind of abuse he's going to put on it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> uh, there's a lot to unpack there.
2: We don't know why he's doing that exactly, but yeah, we can only we can only, storm, we can only uh, make we can only make our guesses.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the dolls are creepy. Uh, I'm in I, on that. I, I think. I agree. Really disturbing.
1: I agree, and you know this uh, doesn't have a whole lot to do exactly with this movie, but I'm still going to say it here. Um, I think Lars and the Real Girls overrated. There, I said it. Oh, that's right. Got to
2: take away your your indie film card. No,
1: no. <laughs> it, <laughs> mm, we're not going to get into that movie here. But I did not enjoy it.
0: Oh. What, a, what I it? What reminded? so I'm, I'm thinking of the movie here which is why you're going to hear my folly work here again on the clicky clacky mechanical keyboard um but elijah wood was in 2012 he was in a remake of maniac um or maybe uh, no it was the first maniac yeah. and that movie messed me up i never ever ever want to see frodo um abusing in the ways he does in that movie that movie is horrific and i kind of got vibes from the sex dolls in this movie that were similar to his mannequins in that movie if you've never seen that movie i I honestly don't know if i can recommend it it's have either of you I have not. I have not seen
2: this. This is the
0: first movie. I've heard of it. Yeah, so Elijah Wood goes around scalping women and then putting their heads and hair on top of mannequins from shops and making love to them. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not going to watch Lord of the Rings the same ever again.
1: No.
0: It, it haunts my, my waking hours. I love
1: um, I, Elijah Wood and Daniel... Daniel Radcliffe I'm going off the reservation for a second have turned into the guys who take the weirdest roles they take such weird bizarre roles but seem like the greatest guys like I would want to hang out with them so bad uh, well,
2: they want to get away from being adorable
1: right I yes. both
0: of them. well I think they have in, in a few ways <laughs> I I would love to watch 2013's Horns on this show because I have so many thoughts about that movie uh, I liked that movie Daniel Radcliffe yeah it's not a bad movie where Daniel Deeply Radcliffe like, turns into a demon type Satan thing Um, yeah but back on Zoom <laughs> do we, do we have movie, to let's, yeah let's as we start to wrap up a little bit let's talk Ugh. about the ending of this movie uh, David why don't you kick us off
1: Okay, so the movie begins to collapse upon itself. all of Literally the, and figuratively. Yeah, all of the layers start to interact. Uh, Edward realizes that he's being drawn by Emma, so he starts calling out to her and starts telling her, like, oh, no, you're Michelle's creation, and I created Michelle, who created you, who then created me. Uh, and so everybody becomes aware of one another, and uh, like Emma can st- it just... Oh, just the, for no reason everything starts co- collapsing upon itself and and everybody is uh Michelle has to save the book because it's falling out of a helicopter just I don't what is what why what happened at the end why did it get so
0: meta for what purpose for no purpose I say for none <laughs> because keep in mind it then ends on her on Michelle jumping out of the helicopter careening through air to pick up her book journal thing and then writing the words wake up in it while flying through the air
1: which i legit thought it was going to be i i was going to be so mad because i thought it was going to be somebody waking sure up, up yeah and realizing <laughs> really all of this was yeah all of this was somebody's dream and i was going to throw my tv off my balcony like that was going to be the only recourse that would be okay
0: would that have been better or worse than the movie freeze framing on that and ending that way? <sighs> worse, worse. It would have been worse.
1: Uh I mean also, uh Alison Pill gets shot through the boobs, through the through the oh, that's right. silicone. Yeah. The whole the whole drug plot turns into a three way standoff with guns. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know, guys. I don't know.
2: Yeah, the movie that Edward has been making gets more stupid in the hands of the assistant director. The situation that Emma is in gets more stupid because Michelle starts writing insane things in the book to try to get the plot to move in some other direction so she can finish it, and it. And it's just somehow Emma can see the words she's writing in the air for no reason so yeah it's like things start coming apart and and any one of them could put a stop to it immediately before it spirals out of control
1: right is the comic then creating itself is the movie filming (laughs) it's like it just there if it's going
2: in real time then yes the comic is creating itself
1: Something okay. So something this, I think it's really hard to pull off this kind of layered reality thing that they did here. Uh, I don't think they necessarily pulled it off. Well, either for the record, I think that that's why I think this is a first draft. This is a first pass of this whole idea where there's some really interesting stuff in the ways these realities interact with one another. There really is, but I don't think they, did it right they didn't they didn't fine-tune it well enough and just god the way that they get all they, they all start calling each other out and for no reason it doesn't it's not saying anything it's just it took so long for these move these plots yeah, to start god. interacting with one another for then the whole point of it to be they have to save each other slash
0: but I don't know yeah it gets weird guys, guys
1: I've given up this is this movie made me give up <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it does get very Truman Showy at the end When they're all yelling at the skies of their creators Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know I just, I just don't I I mean, I guess it,
1: I guess it, I guess it supposes that Michelle is ultimately the creator
0: I guess, because she apparently has everyone wake up, whatever that means And and my other issue is like Wake up from what? Wake up from what? Exactly,
2: exactly To what?
0: Yes, sure (laughs) (laughs) And my other issue is like when all the realities start colliding in the end of the film, it almost gets like the music comedic. The music starts building and yeah. And you have like, so you have Alison pills, fake boobs get shot through, which sends all like the gel stuff out of them. And then they land on the comic book page. And then people in the comic book are now floating around in giant boob gel bubble, you know, bubbles and stuff. And like, it's just like, it's not as David says, there's a lot of good ideas here. And none of them are executed very well.
2: No. Yeah. Sadly.
0: Though though I do I and David alluded to this earlier, uh that they're all supposed to be creatives in their own ways, right? The novelist and the filmmaker and the comic book artist. None of them seem very good at it. <laughs> like well, maybe Alison Pill, because she's uh, doing well, it really
1: and and uh, and uh, Edward is supposed to be very great at it as well because he's this auteur director that they're giving or he's not an tour director, he is a director of of movies that people like to watch. And they have decided to like, hey, let's let's give him a little more creative control, and this is what he makes. And
0: it kind of looks like it blows though. <laughs>
1: like, it looks like I, as, as as Nicole said, I mean, this movie is so many tropes, it it it's just yeah, it's a lot of tropes. And it it thinks it's very original when it is not you know it, I mean it is its premise is even stranger than fiction but it's like what if stranger than fiction went three
0: layers deeper <laughs> it's like
2: inception plus stranger than fiction
0: plus true yeah. show David plus waking
2: I, we're, life equals what yeah.
0: we're, we're gonna go back to the well here of something that we've discussed on this podcast before um who is the who is Adrian Ganne's character in in, uh, in, in entourage? Uh that's Vinny Chase. Okay, so Edward gives me Vinny Chase vibes when he's starting musing about how he just wants to be a thoughtful artistic intellectual and no one's taking him oh, yeah. seriously.
1: That that is that is many plots of, of Vinny Chase, yes.
0: Yeah. That's
1: the stay that's the plot, of, <laughs> that is the plot of the entourage movie.
0: Yeah, stay tuned for the entourage movie. Yeah. Uh, so would you guys watch it again? Is it no. would you recommend this to anybody? Why or why not? <sighs> You no, know,
1: even for this podcast, I have a hard time telling. Oh, well, listen, you know, watch watch it so you can get a better idea of what we're talking about. Like, don't don't, no, watch don't even like, I, yeah. watch
2: like half an hour from the middle.
1: Yeah. You can't you it's can't, can't like, there are scenes in this movie. If you could just somehow watch only the Emma parts of it, I think that's
0: decent. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think the I think the Emma parts I'm are my favorite view. scene is yeah, yeah, my favorite scene is when they do go and attempt to steal back the,
1: the sex a, doll.
0: It's creepy, great, but it's funny. There's a great dark comedy in there somewhere that I really would have liked to see more of. Yeah, this this could have just been the zany hijinks of the people who work at the sex doll factory. Like, you could yeah. just cut out all of the underlying realities of the two other storylines. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad, guys. It's no bueno.
2: I think we've run out of steam here.
0: I think we've yeah. run out <laughs> of steam. <laughs> I think it's no bueno. Yeah, so Zoom 2015, you can check it out, of course, on Netflix at your own peril. This came out on 9-11? Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, what did? This 2015? movie. No, it came out in 2015. No, I mean, like, on September 11th it came out. What are you talking about? Zoom? Zoom?
1: <laughs>
2: needs to happen on that day. You can't avoid doing everything. No, I understand
1: that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. September so, 11. Okay, I was like I thought you meant like the September 11th. I'm like, I mean that okay, dude, that had been like a number of years. <laughs> and it was in Canada. No. It came out that day in Canada. That well, is- Toronto, just Toronto. Which is which yeah, is a, which is is a godless land. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that Torontonians. Yeah, email us, movie
0: go round at tilting windmill studios
1: uh, on Twitter, D A V L U Z.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I could recommend this movie if you're a diehard Alison Pill fan. Yeah, if you're, you're a completionist, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I must yeah. watch all of her movies.
0: Yeah, if you, for some real stinkers, if that's the case. If you want to see
1: rotoscoped Gail Garcia Bernal. <laughs> Here you go. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. If you just want a worse version of his character in Mozart and the Jungle. And also, like, that's another thing with the Mozart and the Jungle tie in. It's the same character. That one's also completely devoid of meaning and just has sex all the time.
2: Well, if you want that, if you want something meaningful that has sex all the time, go go back and watch Itu e Mama Tambien, which Gael Garcia Bernal was in. Yeah. Directed by Alfonso Coron.
0: Oh, there you go. Well,. Hey. you can watch this if you want. But I think that next week's movie, which I am going to argue is a future classic in some capacity, Crimson Peak came out in 2015, same year. You could have gone to either one of these. Hopefully you went to Crimson Peak in my opinion. And uh it is a Guillermo del Toro movie, so it'll be our well, second. Well, based Guillermo on del based on how
1: movie. that movie did, I don't think people went to either of
0: these. Yeah, that I have so much to talk about that next week. Why people why uh so much to talk about. Uh but will will we will do that next week. David, where can people find you online?
1: People can find me around the internet under the username Davluz. That is D A V L U Z. So, Twitter and Instagram, you can find me there. I'm also on the
0: Brokebot Mountain podcast. Very good. And what about you, Nicole?
2: Uh, you can find me trying to sleep with like 50 snowplows scraping and beeping outside. Um, but other yeah. than that, you can find me. On the on the internet's uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash movie podcast. You can find me on Letterboxed Nicole underscore Davis, and you can find me occasionally on Twitter under at your word y o u r w o r d w h i z.
0: Very good. You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart Brett with two T's and Stewart S T E W. ART. Ain't got no time for those people who spell it with a U. You can also find the show on Twitter at Movie go Pod. Be sure to follow that and the Facebook, particularly around the time this episode comes out, because if I'm not mistaken, that'll be around the time that we have another You Did This To Us vote, just in the ballpark of that. So you want to be on those pages so you can go ahead and vote. And that way we can watch. Um, I think we said we. We don't want to watch High Fidelity, right? We don't want to watch oh, Don't never. vote for that. Don't vote never. for any. If you think we'd love it, vote for it because we'd probably hate it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's where you can find us online. I'll do it for myself, David and Nicole. We, we will be back next week with Crimson Peak.